It's Thursday, April 7th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker. Happy opening day for the Washington Nationals. Is, uh, you're trying to promote that as uh, <laughs> something of epic importance? I know you're a baseball fan. I am a baseball fan. I know fan. it's your second favorite team after the Yankees. I'm going to have to think about that. Really? Yeah, I've never thought about having a second favorite team. Do you have to have one? You don't have to have one, but I think one of the the, the fun things about the, the baseball in America is you can, in in theory, have an American League team you root for and a National League team you root for. Yeah, that's true, and uh, I'm gonna take that under advisement. Okay, <laughs> all right. I'm really probably just gonna be if the Nationals put together something a bandwagon worthy of jumping on, mm-hmm. and the the Yankees aren't putting together something that, that uh, then I, I could I could see that. You'll hop on that bandwagon. I may. I mean, but the Yankees haven't had that many years where there there was a necessity of of jumping ship. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. As a Red Sox fan, you probably have had to develop second and third and fourth <laughs> favorite teams over the years. Not not so much recently, not, although last year would have been a good year to have a second favorite team. And it, for you, it was the Nationals. You know what? In this century, three World Series championships for the Red Sox, just one for your Yankees. Getting to the news, though, we'll get to some uh, some earnings news. We'll get to. You think win- you're going to have the last word on that? <laughs> we'll get to win resorts. Which is popping this morning. We have a couple of housekeeping notes, and this is probably what I should have led with. It's National Beer Day. We'll get to all of that, but let's start with Bed Bath and Beyond. Fourth quarter profits came in higher than expected, and they're they're issuing a quarterly dividend. That to me, I mean, look, there are plenty of quarters where profits coming in higher than expected would be naturally the headline because it doesn't happen so often with Bed Bath and Beyond. But the fact that they're starting to pay out a quarterly dividend, am I wrong to think that that's the biggest headline? Yeah, sure, why not? Uh they this is not a company that has uh, you know provided all that many highlights over the last let's call it decade. Uh and so it's really not growing. The the, the core business uh and they've got other Brands besides the Bed Bath and Beyond stores, including Bye Bye Baby, uh, which is probably the uh, second player here. But Bed Bath and Beyond is a stagnant business for the most part, and so I think it makes sense to return money to shareholders rather than try to keep expanding that business or keep buying fourth, fifth, sixth concepts, uh, and to return the shares, uh, return money to shareholders either by share buybacks, which they've been doing for a while, which they're going to continue to do. Given the price of the stock, I can understand that uh, it may or may not work out, depending on how ultimately uh, successful the, their stores are going to be compared to Amazon, which is the big continues to be the big threat here. But uh, money back to shareholders is money in their pockets for sure, right? whereas the share buybacks have not really rewarded shareholders. I guess I'm just surprised that they I view this as we've got enough confidence in our business over the next, let's call it, three years that we feel like this is an easy way for us just to return cash to shareholders. I, I don't know. I, I like to think that they are not doing this lightly. Well, they're a profitable business, and they're profitable every year. They're They're just kind of 
the same profitable year over year. So you don't have that dividend uh, investor interested in your stock. You don't have growth investors interested in your stock. Uh, this is a way for them to at least expand their potential ownership base beyond what it is right now, which is people who are interested in stocks that go nowhere. Small group, that as is it a, turns out. That is a small group. And that's the reason why the stock is now uh, trading at about nine times uh, next year's earnings, about ten times this year's earnings, if you think the growth is, is finally going to materialize. Uh, and if you don't, then it's it's kind of a reasonably priced stock, uh, but they're probably not wasting their money buying back shares. Uh, shares are down 37% from a year ago, so better price today than the shares they were acquiring last year. But I, yeah, the dividend is, is a way to expand the uh, ownership base. L Brands is the parent company of Victoria's Secret, Bath and Body Works, Pink, and a number of other smaller brands. Victoria's Secret is is close to two thirds of that business. And L Brands in the news today because the company announced it is splitting Victoria's Secret into three separate units. And on the surface, this looks like, among other things, a move to provide more transparency. To investors, but also to bring a greater focus to what is clearly the most important part of L Brand's business. And yet, the reaction on Wall Street was not enthusiastic. Why do you think that is? Well, by not enthusiastic, you mean it's kind of wandering around at the same price. Yeah. You know, it's basically going to sell the same stuff. In slightly different channels. I don't think this is a major change for the consumer uh, you've got the okay so there the the split up is going to be what uh, Victoria's Secret lingerie and then uh, they're gonna have uh, Victoria's Secret uh, beauty and and pink and and pink and the Victoria's Secret were already pretty close to separately run um, seemingly and the the beauty uh, stuff really, you know, needn't be right there alongside the lingerie division. So I think it makes sense. It's not a huge needle mover. Uh, the, they also announced that uh, that same store sales for the last month were three percent, which was better than was expected. You know, the core business continues to dominate its category. It's been a phenomenal stock for the last any period of time you want to look at. Uh, over the last three, five, 10, 15 years, it's been a market crushing stock. Uh, it's still got a long way that it can expand internationally. It's barely uh, cracked that market. And I, I think that, uh, you know, it, it's just a, a company to admire. And if it's uh, dividing its operations up a little bit today, that's, that's really not, it doesn't change the core business too much, I think. Part of this was eliminating a few of the merchandise categories within Victoria's Secret, and in that sense, I suppose they're they're no different than any other retailer that tracks all of their products and and makes changes over time. But I'm wondering if if these are moves that make sense for the business, and as you said, it over time has been a very well run business. Could it be an even better? Performing stock. If they took some of these lesser brands and just said, "You know what? We don't really need these. We're just, we're just going to go all in. We don't need Bath and Body Works." Uh, 
well, I think Bath and Body Works is a pretty successful operation, and I think that uh, you know that's been run separately, of course, um, always. But I, th- I think we're going to still see Bath and Body Works there. They're they're in same locations as Victoria's Secret a lot of the time. You've got a lot of the same. Uh, customers going between those two, especially I think between Bath and Body Works and Pink. So I I think it's there. There isn't a division of attention that's caused by maintaining both of those. Uh, I th- I think it works, and I think that uh, you know it it does give some diversification. It hasn't really needed that much diversification because the core business uh, in the lingerie has been so successful for so long and so consistently successful, which is really something you don't see in fashion retail. Uh, anywhere else, nothing else comes to mind as having been as successful as consistently as this company in, in that category. Let's move on to Wynn Resorts, which had an analyst day yesterday. And analysts must have been really impressed because shares of Wynn Resorts up as much as 12% today. What did they say? <laughs> what, 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 what has possibly changed in the Wynn Resorts business over the past 24 hours that all of a sudden investors are looking at this and saying, I'm in? All right. So, this stands very much uh, as a contrast to what we just talked about with Victoria's Secret, which has thousands and thousands of stores. And thousands more opportunities to open up a, a new store somewhere, uh, whether that's uh, domestic or, or international. Now, Wynn Resorts has got essentially four uh, operations, and it's it's got one uh, that's about to open in uh, Macau, which would be the third operation in Macau. So, every sort of incremental piece of information for Wynn moves the needle a lot more than any incremental piece of information for you know L brands and it's not a company that has really done all that it it has taken a wild ride to match the market over the last 10 years here here are the annual returns of the stock over the last 10 years 82% 25% minus 62% up 47% up 92% up 12 up 10 up 78 down 20 last year, down 51 this year so far, up 35. All that told, it's got the same market cap it had 10 years ago. Wow. Now it's returned, it's bought back some shares, so the market cap hasn't increased, but shareholders have re- received, uh, you know, 6% annual returns, a little bit less than the market's 7% annual, annual returns. But you know you've gotten the market's annual returns with a lot of excitement, much like being in a casino, <laughs> where you actually lose money, but you get excitement in in return for uh, giving them your money. Uh, so it's been an okay stock. Uh, it's been a wild ride for casinos in general, especially in Macau. Uh, this is not entirely uh, Wynn's fault. For having had stumbles in Macau, that is a function of the Chinese crackdown on uh, excess out there. So now it looks like okay. So why is it up twelve percent today? They had the annual or their their analyst day revealed that things in Macau look to be going a little bit better. I think that took you know some pressure off the stock. It is as I just mentioned it was down fifty percent last year. 
Yes, it's up 35% this year, but it still hasn't made it its way back anywhere close to where it used to be. So a 12% move today is really nice, but it's still, you know, it's still digging its way back as a stock. Don't they have a property in Boston that they're opening up? They they are opening up a property just outside of Boston, and uh, as part of their analyst day, they also provided uh, a lot of lovely pictures of uh, the the establishment that they're going to open up in Boston, and a new thing that they're opening up uh, next to their golf course in Las Vegas, and pictures of uh, you know the uh, the property in. Uh, in Macau, let me let me show you. I mean, everybody wants to go to Win, and and just dig this up. It's on their investor page. But there's there's a you know a picture of the. Have, have you ever seen Boston look that good? It's not actually in Boston. I was going to say that doesn't look anything like Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that looks like a single hotel in the desert where they created uh, I don't know a water oasis. The Massachusetts desert. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 called the Wynn Boston Harbor, so it's outside of Boston, but it's in the the harbor there, uh, just up the river a little bit. Just, <laughs> you know what? That's a move that we've seen in plenty of businesses in plenty of cities across the country and and probably around the world. Just slap the name of the big city on it, even though it's not in the city. Yeah, well, or or you know, Tampa Bay, for instance. I we were just down. I was there with my. Family for spring and had to explain to uh, my sports fan son that there is no city Tampa Bay. You know that that's a way right. of getting both Tampa and St. Pete onto you know one team. Uh, so there is a Tampa Bay, but it's not a city. It's not the name of the city. No. A couple of housekeeping notes before we wrap up. Uh, there is um, a group called DC Femtech. It's a it's a women in technology group that's based in Washington D.C. And next week, they are having their annual awards. And I am very pleased, though not at all surprised, to say that for the second year in a row, uh, our colleague Lisa Chung is being honored in the programmer division. And I've said from time to time that one of the great things about working here at the Motley Fool is. There are so many smart people, and that certainly goes for our tech department, and it and it certainly goes for Lisa. So, so, congrats to Lisa for that. Uh, later this month, we're going to be having our one thousandth episode of Market Foolery, and so I, I mentioned this uh, the other day to my thirteen-year-old, and her reaction immediately was, "Oh, wow! You you must." You're going to have a really special show, right? With lots of highlights and and that sort of thing. I'm looking forward to this. Now that you're talking it up. <laughs> and I said, "Oh, no. I I I don't know that." And she said, "No, but when they when they have those types of shows on TV, they're they have all these highlights." I said, "Yeah, we, that's that's not really in the budget." So, here, so What is the budget going to be for the 1000th episode? I'm about to share that. Uh, the budget is zero, but here's what I'd like again. Folks, yes, it, we're <laughs> for the one thousandth show in a row. Yes, yeah. Why break something that's why, going on? Well? You know, if it works, you know, why change it? So, but but here's what would be great uh, for for if if listeners could drop an email to marketfoolery at fool dot com and just share, and whether you've been listening for a month, a year, or if you're part of the dozens of listeners who go all the way back to the beginning. In January of 2011, just one one memory, one market foolery memory, 
It could be something funny. It could be a good call one of our analysts made. It could be a bad call. It, by all means, I'm more than willing to share memories that are, yeah, you guys uh, said this about the stock and you were dead wrong. What if, so they tweet, for instance, or email, or whatever, uh, how, about how many shows they've listened to, and whoever comes closest to a thousand gets a prize. Your willingness to come on, <laughs> on this podcast and offer prizes is really if you so if you really <laughs> unprecedented. If you had to give prizes out for a one thousandth episode, what would be most appropriate? Uh, coffee, coffee, <laughs> alcohol. I don't know. I don't know. What we're going to be doing. What are the most discussed topics? Well, I think it's probably appropriate that today is National Beer Day because I would say up there. I would say food and beverage in terms of in terms of deviating from talking about stocks and investing and publicly traded businesses. The the biggest category is food and beverage. Um, but as as we were saying right before we started taping, I, I'm heartened that National Beer Day is actually the day that prohibition ended here in the United States. It's not just unlike other days where just some businesses just frivolous, you know, timing. Businesses got together and said, "Let's have a day." And that's certainly their right to do so. But in this case, April 7th, 1933, the end of prohibition. So, it's probably right that it's National Beer Day. Exactly. So, today is also, and I know this because I went to nationaldaycalendar.com, a very busy website. <laughs> They're getting it's, some traffic today. Exactly. One, traffic of one. Uh, National Coffee Cake Day is also today. And that's just ridiculous, right? What's that got to do with prohibition or anything else? Yeah, I feel like the beer makers kind of, everyone else should just sort of back off. We can have coffee cake plenty of other days. Sure. Uh, and you probably don't want to combine it with beer. Not really two great tastes that go great together. No, not really. It's also, more importantly, for those who are looking to procrastinate, it's National No Housework Day. What do you suppose is the origin of No Housework Day? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> and I'm sure this I'm sure there are plenty of listeners and certainly I had a good long stretch there myself where pretty much every day was No Housework Day. Uh, it was created by uh, wellcat.com. Wellcat? I I exactly. Wow. I'm just happy that you brought a lot more uh, analytical rigor and research to your discussion of the publicly traded companies than you did to No Housework Day. Well, and and going back to that, well, so where the casino is going to be is in Everett, Everett, in Massachusetts. Everett, Massachusetts. Are you familiar? I'm familiar with Everett, not exactly. Some good times in Everett. Uh, it, it's not a stone's throw from Boston. Let's just put it that way. But again, I I totally get why if you're running the show at Wynn Resorts, if you're heading up this project, you're not calling it the Everett Harbor Hotel and Resort. You're calling it the Boston Harbor Hotel and Resort. I so, get that. That makes sense to me. Something you see yourself visiting during your frequent trips to Boston? I just might. You know, if anyone from Wynn Resorts is listening and it, wants to comp you, and what? <laughs> no. for the thousandth show, Wynn Resort listeners, come on, Wynn Resort, <laughs> help us out here. A, a junket. It could be for you and a few, several listeners. Uh, or, you could uh, have a meet and greet there, or, or or perhaps an analyst like yourself. I mean, yourself. It's, it's not opening for another year or two. Yeah, we got some time. So on. you could really build that one up. Well, if someone from Win Resorts wants to drop an email to marketfoolery@fool.com <laughs> after we've given so. them all this free media, <laughs> exactly, dozens of listeners are all 
putting it on their calendar. Just to bring it back to where we started, we, we need to wrap this up because our man behind the glass, Dan Boyd, has tickets to today's opening day game. I was going to say, does Park. he have to go and do work? Is, is that why we have to finish this up? <laughs> we got we, yeah, to so, so wasting his time. So Dan can produce this and get out the door and get to the game. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.